0: us all um who was here last sunday night i've got no lollies to give out um does anyone remember what it was about it was no trick questions here put the punch back do you remember how he talked about the big kapow the big kapow is the killer punch and he was talking about the holy spirit i tell you what we need a lot more kapowing in our life And we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit throughout the whole um, service tonight because I can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. I need his killer punch. I need the kapowal factor in my life because I'm telling you right now, I'm nothing without it. So come on, let's just open in a word of prayer. So Holy Spirit, we are relying on you tonight. We need you. I want my words to be inspired by you. Lord Jesus, I just pray that our ears are open, our hearts are open to receive the word that you want to speak into each one of us, in your precious name, amen. Last time I preached a few weeks ago, the title of my message was, Stop, Look, Listen and Grow. Now, if you've been in our church just a few services, you'll know that the theme for this year is the word grow. I spoke that grow meant, the definition was, to undergo natural development by increasing in size and changing physically. That's what growing means. It means we're going to be increasing healthy. I want to grow up, not out. Um, I went and saw my sister last weekend and, I've got a young little niece who's seven and hadn't seen Leanna for a few years and she was going, she came in crying and I'm going, oh boy, she's really emotional, this little kid and she goes, um, she'd said to Leanna, you are really big and she goes, I was meaning that way, not that way because Leanna's not big anyways but it's just funny how we talk about growing and I want to grow that way, not that way as well. So, um. Healthy things grow naturally. If something is not growing, can I tell you it's not healthy? We're talking from babies. Healthy things grow. Healthy churches grow. And some people can say, oh, we've got quality, not quantity. Well, I want both. Um, growing is also linked to maturing. Did you know that? Maturity is the quality of behaving mentally and emotionally like an adult. Have all of us got that down pat with um, maturing? We behave emotionally and mentally like an adult. It's also being mature is being very advanced or developed. Do you agree with those? So you can see how they're all linked together with growing. In 1 Corinthians 13.11 it says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought ...and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away those childish things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It totally wasn't me then. (laughs) Not my shoes or anything. Um, So we can see that we are okay when little children act childish. Do you agree? When someone's becoming a teenager and they're acting like a two-year-old... ...not so nice. And when you've got a 50-year-old who's throwing a tantrum... It's even more ugly. So, after reading that verse, the title of my message is called this. When I grow up. I wanted to call the message grow up, but I thought someone might be offended. So, I've just got it. When I grow up. And the verse that we just read, it says, when I grew up, I put away childish things. So, when I grow up, I put away the childish things. When we, were pl- when we were children, we played with things that we're not playing with now. I hope that's the case. I can tell you right now, my son does not have his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures on the floor in his bedroom. He doesn't have his action men. Are they still around, action men? They were like Barbies for boys. <laughs> but they were they were... Well, weren't they really? But they were strong, strong, muscly. Are they still around? No. Okay, so he is not playing with those things still. The girls are not playing with dolls. They are not playing with their my little pets. Are they still around? Yeah. Yeah, they're cute. You know, they're not real pets. They're plastic little cute things, but they're not real. My kids aren't playing with those things anymore because when they grew up, Those things got packed away. They've actually got packed away for their children. So we still got them. I can find them. So this is a message for everybody here tonight. It's time to pack up the Lego. It's time to get out the real bricks. You know the heavy ones? The ones that you can do some serious damage with? The ones that we need to do some serious building with? We need to start building something which will last, not something that we talk to. My kids used to talk to their Lego and play with and then pack away. So we need to be dealing with the real deal, not the childish things anymore. Growing up is what we were created to do. God teaches us how to do this successfully and he teaches us how to navigate through all areas of our life. Have you ever noticed... That the more you get to know someone, the more flaws you seem to find in them. The more irritations and annoyances you find. That when you first fell in love with someone, that you could overlook anything. And suddenly it's not so easy to overlook those things anymore. Even with our children, that's why we need God's help to keep growing and maturing. Because it said behaving mentally and emotionally like an adult. We are adults, talking to adults. We need God's word to keep us growing and being spiritually mature. One of the verses we live by as a family, oh, I haven't got it turned on, it's got the red thing there, is make allowances for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Most of the scriptures you're going to hear tonight from me, you're going to have heard before. Because you know what? We need to learn it and understand it and apply it. And if I teach you a few to start off with, I can then just keep adding extra ones in. The second one that we need to be spiritually mature is always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances. Allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Does that sound like someone who's mature right there, if we can do those things? I don't know why I underlined the word patient. There's a reason. One of of my girls last Sunday um, used this scripture on me. No, no, seriously. I get home in the afternoon and I said to Rob, what's been spilt on the table? He goes, that wasn't there before. And I'm thinking, yeah, sure, sure, I'm away for a few days and there's this big mark on the dining table. Then I remembered I saw one of the girls taking nail polish off on the table. And I put two and two together, realising that nail polish remover had been spilt all over the table and I took the varnish off. So I sent the daughter, who I saw doing this, a message and said, do you want to tell me what happened to the table? And she said, I'm sorry, I'll pay whatever you need to get the table fixed. And then she wrote me this message back. Make allowance for my fault because of your love. (laughs) If you speak it often enough, they're going to know it. No, no, seriously, I, can I tell you, she goes, please forgive me. I said, you're already forgiven. Because, you know, when we're a child, we do childish things. She's going to learn to put some plastic and some newspaper down next time. It was the youngest one in the family. She's not here to defend herself, so I can say that. (laughs) We've got to remember what's important in life. Sometimes we get a little bit serious. I'm not telling you I want all my furniture damaged, just so that you know I personally don't. We're going to get the table fixed up. But my story... I had a friend one day who told me she had this box of beads and there was hundreds of beads in this box and they spilled all over the floor. And she goes, I just started laughing and we picked all the beads up. And when she said that, I was going, in my head, mate, I wouldn't be laughing. I'd be really annoyed with having to pick up hundreds of beads and put them all back in their box. And I'm thinking, it was an accident. They were children. Stuff happens don't be so serious. And so when I hear little things like that, I pick up things and go, you know what, Pauline, learn to chill out. So when I saw the table, I knew what had happened. And I was thinking, I had two choices. Choice number one was to be angry and run and rave and how no one cares for anything. Choice number two was to go, you know what, the table can get fixed. They didn't mean to. It was not a willful thing. Take it as you want to. But don't be too serious. Okay, now we're getting back to if people see our faults and flaws. If we play it safe, some of us want to play it safe and we don't want anyone to get too close to us. So we just keep a safe distance so that no one can see our faults and flaws. But can I tell you, that's not what God has in mind for you. That's not in his plan and it's actually not what we were created for. Because the second part, verse chapter 3, it says, make every effort to keep yourselves. Do you know yourselves is plural, not singular? So it means it's got to be more than one to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. So we've got to see that scripture and go, okay, You've designed me to be in fellowship with other people. You've designed that the Holy Spirit is what can come and help us and bring us together with perfect peace. So I hope that people are starting to go, you know what, I'm going to have to let my defences down because each one of us have flaws and faults and it's only through Jesus that we can get closer. Remember that. The next verse says, and this is about the Spirit. We're going to be saying how much we need the Holy Spirit. It's, this is Jesus talking. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. An advocate ...is someone who works on our behalf. Who wants one of those? Me, please. I want someone who can be working on my behalf... ...who can be helping me, showing me truth... ...when I sometimes need a tap on the shoulder and go... "Mm -mm, ...maybe not that way, Pauline. And I'm telling you, we need the Holy Spirit to help us all the time. What we're going to do right now is... ...we're just going to watch this little clip... That goes for just over a minute and it actually teaches us the importance of letting the Holy Spirit be able to talk to us and tap us on the shoulder. Now you need to listen right from the very start because those first couple of words are really important. Picture speaks a thousand words, doesn't it? It wouldn't be a Pauline message without a proverb, and that proverb is it says, To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. So the man's plugged in that he wants to go to some state in America. Siri's telling him where to go, and he's saying, What would you know? I just want some love, I just want some encouragement. Nothing about the truth there, I'm telling you we need the truth because otherwise we're going to end up like that man continually in the wrong country. That's where he ended up. So I'm telling you right now the Holy Spirit wants us heading in the right direction. As mature believers we need to cop correction on the chin at times. It's not what we always like to hear preached but you know what, if we want to grow mature in maturity it's what we need. If we allow this process to take place, it will produce good fruit in our lives. Did you hear me? It will produce good fruit in our lives. There's this, Eugene Patterson, who is the author of the Message Bible, has this saying, and it's talking about, it says, spiritual growth takes place as a result of a long obedience in the same direction it's meaning you have to keep at it for a very long time to get the fruit that we want to see in our life one of my favorite verses in the bible galatians 5 and 23 and it's about the holy spirit again but the holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy Peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. It says there is no law against these things. It means we produce them or we need to be producing them over and over and over because you're not going to get in trouble no matter how many times you have it operating in your life. This is the kind of life I need. If my life was an orchard, I would want it to be rows and rows and rows and rows of fruit trees with so much abundance of every type of fruit that we need. But I'm telling you, I am not God. So my orchard is still a work in progress, which requires work every day. The next passage of scripture that I just want us to look at today. And you know what? If you've got your Bibles on a device, I want you to look up 1 Corinthians 13. This is usually a passage of scripture that is actually safe for weddings. Most people, when they get married, they talk about the love chapter. But I'm telling you, we need this love chapter to help us to live our lives in a spiritually mature way every day. So if you want to set your Bibles to the message, I want you to read along with me because I haven't got it on the screens. How's that? It says, I love the way Eugene Patterson writes it. It says, the way of love. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love, I am nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything as plain as day, and if I have faith that says to the mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burnt as a martyr, but I don't have love, I've gotten nowhere." So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others isn't always me first doesn't fly off the handle doesn't keep score of the sins of others doesn't revel when others grovel it takes pleasure in flowering the truth it puts up with anything trust god always always looks for the best never looks back but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. In the Message Bible, that first verse I spoke with, it says it here in a different way. It says, when I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. We have three things to do. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly. Love extravagantly, and the best of the three is love. Can I tell you, if there's anybody here having a marriage difficulty right now, I encourage you to read that chapter for the next seven days. You know what? The next 21 days. The next 365 days, if it's needed. Because that is the only way we're going to see change. Because if we operate how that love talks about putting others first, flowering the truth, we will see a big change. You know, Mother Teresa says a lot of famous quotes, but she said this one. What can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. Go home and love your family. And if you want to know what the love chapter is that the Holy Spirit helps us do, 1 Corinthians 13. Spiritual maturity does not happen automatically. It takes time and effort. It doesn't happen quickly. To grow in maturity, there is no shortcuts. There is no medicine that I can give you that you can become instantly mature. There is something, though, that does help the process along. I just read it today. And you know what it's called? Persecution. If you are being persecuted for your faith, it instantly helps you become spiritually mature. Because when you are faced with a gun that says, are you accepting the Lord Jesus as your personal saviour, you pretty know pretty quickly where your faith lies. And I'm telling you, that is the only shortcut to spiritual maturity. Other than that, it is day by day, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, learning it and applying it. That is why I am not embarrassed to use the same scripture verses because I'm telling you I need the fruit of the Spirit operating in my life to do the job that God's called me to do. We've got to be a wake-up to the enemy schemes in all of our spiritual maturity because quite often what happens, we are on the verge of our breakthrough and we give up because you know why? The enemy's the thief and his purpose is to steal and kill and destroy And do you know why God came? He said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So we've got to know who we are fighting and stay in the right fight. Because when we are in the wrong fight, let me tell you, we can end off on course pretty quickly. Because sometimes people will come to you and if we need to speak the truth in love, which sometimes needs to happen to our family members and friends... We need to say what the truth is. Say the truth. Destiny, I said this on Friday night, is often surrounded by drama. So sometimes when a drama is going on in the music team, no, they're coming up with something special later on. When there is drama, our destiny is often going to follow so can I just say please be awake up to the schemes of the enemy and don't blame everything on the enemy God might be wanting to chop something off your life and going you don't need to do that and we're going around blaming the devil can I say get some wisdom seek some spiritual advice because we can soon tell you if you're just on the wrong track or what needs to happen in our last few moments together you know Pauline doesn't preach long but she's nearly taken up all her time We're just going to talk about what spiritual maturity is and what it isn't. So, you ready for it? This is what spiritual maturity is. It is a radical reordering of your priorities. It's changing from being self-pleasing to God-pleasing. And it is learning to obey God. The key to maturity is consistency. It's perseverance in doing the things that we know is going to bring us closer to God. And those practices are often referred to as spiritual disciplines and they include reading the Bible, studying the Bible, prayer, fellowship, service and stewardship. They're the disciplines that we need to be having. And none of this is possible without the enabling of the holy spirit and we can see that in galatians 5:16 it says so i say let the holy spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves do you know what our sinful nature wants to do what's opposite to what the spirit wants to do and there are so many distractions that want to take our time away Can I tell you, I have a fight every morning because I have this one big distraction called my bed. And when my alarm is set for six o'clock, sometimes this body is going, really, six o'clock already? You know what, you've got to know. You've got to have the daily disciplines in your life to be able to go, you know what, I need this. Without this, I am leaky. I need it every day. I need a fresh word every day. And if you are relying on that, and I'll, I'll say it every time, read a proverb every day. It gives you wisdom to live by. Besides reading that, get proverbs into you. Now, what spiritual immaturity looks like? This one's really easy. I want to explain every single one because you can make them so funny, but I think you're going to get my point. A spiritual infant looks and acts a lot like human babies. They're self-centered, they cry a lot, they're impatient, they're helpless, they're noisy and they're messy. Any young mums agree with that? They're probably all those things. As I said, I could explain about being self-centered, what it looks like, having to have your own way, what it looks like, being impatient, what it looks like. But all I'm saying is they're the traits of being spiritually immature. And we've got to watch it. When we come to church and things don't go our way or it goes a little bit longer than we expected or there was no dessert left for me, I'll go and buy you a 50-cent cone from Macca's. Come and see me. I'm telling you we don't want to be known as spiritual babies When we read and apply and live by God's word, it will change us from the inside. And then we can be like this. We love Ephesians 4. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us and tell us lies that sound so clever and they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly so each part does its own special work. Remember, you are called to do your own special work. It helps the other parts grow, if we're not doing our part, guess what? The other parts can't be growing. Get this, guys, so that the whole body, the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. How are you going to be full of love? One Corinthians thirteen, people. Remember, it's a daily thing. We're not on a we're not on a sprint. It's a journey, and this journey lasts a lifetime. But. We need to be growing continually. Read that again. We all need to be doing our part. And the last thing I want to say before the music team take it away is don't give up.